love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. When you said yes, and I said, can you see yourself being the executive director? Uh, And he said yes, and I was like, oh my God, this has all been worth it. For the rest of my life, that everything has been worth it because of, of you. This wouldn't happen without Jess. I feel like a lot of people are like, don't realize that. And like, just the commitment, the work, and like the sacrifices make is very honorable. And like, I think it really takes someone who's really like aware of themselves and someone who really is like fully like understanding of themselves to do this job. And Jesse is someone who does that and like a role model for me. And I want to be a person like that. Today's love story belongs to Jesse and Kalade. Friends, colleagues, magic makers. They are part of a phenomenal social enterprise in Halifax that is focused on empowering inner-city youth. It's all about growth, from the garden where the program took root to salsa salad dressings and scholarships. These change makers made a national impact a decade ago on the show Dragon's Den, and their success since has mirrored the organization's fabulous name, Hope blooms. This is the Canadian Love Map. Jesse and Kalade, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. I have no idea where to start with you two, because <laughs> this, it's, it's really, to me, so amazing what you are creating and what is blossoming from your whole project. But I guess, as usual, I like to try to rewind and start at the beginning. And I'd love to hear from both of you. Kalade, let's start with you. What was your childhood like? Tell me about you. Pretty normal childhood. Um, I'm actually, uh, my family is an immigrant family from Nigeria. So I moved here when I was seven. And kind of like miraculously, the year after I joined Hope Blooms, yeah, it was a, yeah. So like, as soon as I got to Canada, joined Hope Blooms, wasn't really doing much. I would say outside of school, like I, I was really kind of like school Hope Blooms family. That was kind of my routine. I would say I was I wasn't really the one of the kids that stood out. I would say I was always on my phone. Yeah. Do you remember when you first heard about Hope Blooms? Oh yeah, and yeah. What what was that like? Like, were you curious? Were you you know, uh, actually, I heard it through one of my friends. Actually, her name is Karen. She's actually one of the original Hope Bloom members as well. She's one of the reasons why I signed up for Hope Blooms. We were friends, kind of like prior, 
and like through that kind of like friendship, she was like, oh, like, like come to Hope Blooms, I'm going there. And at first I was like, ah, what is Hope Blooms? Like, what is it? And then she's like, oh, it's like a garden. And of course I'm like, okay, ooh, garden, oh, like, Dawn's for my free time garden. And then like, she obviously kept like at me with that, like, oh, I like, keep, like, come, come. And I'd be like, okay, I'll come. And then one day they, um, Hope Blooms had a barbecue at the time. And she's like, we're having a barbecue. It's like a community barbecue. Just come, just come, like, just see how it is. Like, you don't have to do nothing. So I just, like, was like, sure, like, I'll come see how it is. And then from there, I was like, I remember I was in line for, to get a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was in line to get a hot dog. And she's like, she's like, she's like, you might as well sign up. Like, you seem to be having a lot of fun. And I was like, why not? Like, it seems pretty fun. And from there, ever, I stuck with it ever since. Like, and then kind of, like, found a lot of my good friends to this day and found, like, my second family. Okay, Jesse, let's go to your let's go to your childhood. <laughs> I sound like a therapist now, don't I? <laughs> Tell me about you. <laughs> oh, about me. Well, I'm from Cape Breton Island. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yep. And I always talk about Cape Breton with the youth. I even have had them listening to fiddle music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have always uh loved uh working with children. And uh, with my career as a dietitian, it, it actually was my third career because I uh, lived in Toronto and Montreal and I was with the airlines for years and went back to school to be a dietitian. And, uh, but in my long vision, I really wanted to work with children. I was at the QE2 and I took a position at the North End Community Health Center. And in my evenings and that, I used to volunteer throughout the community. You know, I started uh, doing some grocery store tours and it was my uh, first kind of experience uh, with seeing uh, racism so blatantly because we were in the grocery store and being followed around by a security guard. And uh, I said something the first time about the next month when I went back and it was the same thing. I asked to speak to the manager and the children were, you know, nine to 12. And one of them actually is, is at Hope Blooms to this day, Craig, he was wow. with me at the grocery store. And uh, they were like, can we just leave? We're really used to this and just don't want to make a fuss. And that really broke my heart and I uh, kind of went with this uh, motto that when you, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm -hmm. uh, like what I see in the community in North End is uh, beauty and brilliance don't have a postal code, it's everywhere. And I absolutely fell in love with the community and I fell in love with the children and I just was everybody has to see this. It's, it's, it's amazing, the community. And, and so we kind of set out with, you know, I did a little poster up, you know, after my work hours, I did a little poster up and it, it had a big thing. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I went into St. Pat's Alexandra School, which was open at the time, and six children signed up with me to start a little garden and a little social movement you know we were going to make something with what we grew and do good in the community and uh you know those six those youth are uh still you know around today christiana's in her last year at dal and then the second year is when kaladi like uh came on board and when i 
you know, saw Kaladi and was, you know, getting to know him a little bit, I used to always say to him, you're a natural little yeah, leader. He was eight years old and nine years old. He was so Prophetic. compassionate with people. Uh, he listened really well. And he was a problem solver. We had nothing, you know, people were going around thinking I was in a midlife crisis in a garden, you know, on my weekends and after work and what are you doing there? And, uh, you know, they kind of couldn't see the vision of of uh, children leading the way, you know. Were there, were there other friends or associates of yours who did see, yes, this is this is a brilliant idea, and did they sort of get behind you? Did you have partnerships, or were you feeling like you were really alone? When I first started it, like I, I kind of um, wasn't, I had no expectation. And uh, so for me, I wasn't paying attention as to whether people were accepting what I was saying or not. I was really driven by this kind of empowered service. You know, it was like I have um, commitment to children and I didn't feel like I was alone in it. I felt like we were in partnership the whole time, yeah. you know. So uh, sometimes, you know, we feel like with children that uh, we know better and, you know, they have to listen to us, but there's so much wisdom and their imaginations are still intact and you know they're not afraid to be vulnerable and they're willing to take risks and it's okay to fail so they've taught me so much and so my concentration was really on that mm -hmm. I love that so from the very beginning was there a sense of that kind of blooming or blossoming where it just started to grow like the garden you were tending? Yeah, so from the very beginning, like people always say to me, I I, I bet you didn't think it was going to get this big. And for me, it was not like a project. It was like a movement that if the children could see that who they are is brilliant and they're beautiful and they can create change in this world no matter how young they are and and to see themselves that way and to feel that they are enough inside and that what they have inside is abundance and they can give from that place of generosity back to the community. That was the vision and that was what I really believed could change, you know, the way that you see yourself and how the world shows up for you, how you're looking at it and how it reacts because we're always in a reciprocal state, you know, how we look at things is how sometimes they show up for us. And so it doesn't matter the age for that. And and so I kind of had that focus. And so to me, there wasn't any restriction on like, oh, we're just going to stay in a garden. I, I felt like it was about creating change, that children were creating change and that I was a steward in how that was going to unfold. But there was a, a big um, desire in me that uh, the youth have their education and so when we created a product, I knew right away that it has to go to scholarships. What were the first products you made? Salsa. Oh, really? Yeah. 
actually when the first garden, um, Jesse, you got donated some tomato plants, and that was planted in the first garden. So then the the youth harvested the tomato plants, and this time when Jesse was back at the health center, and so she had like I think like I was I think I was there in the second year when this was happening too. Like we had probably like twelve of us in this like pretty much like health center kitchen. Yeah. So like you know how like making salsa like with blenders and tomatoes. So you no, know, this is already like pretty messy and like <laughs> it was messy. Like so but that fun. was oh yeah, of course it was fun. It was a great experience because it's like we're blending tomatoes, making salsa, and just the whole yeah. entrepreneur and creativeness of it was definitely the stuff that we really really enjoyed. And then on top of that, we were actually making products that were people we were gonna sell and then give those proceeds back. So that was really magical and. That, the name was a salsa mania. Salsa mania. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And yeah. we walked around the community because said, "Okay, we got to interview organizations, and you decide where you want to uh, contribute your money to." And we did that, and they said, "You know, we're we'd like to give our money to add some hosts." And I said, "So, what percentage do you want to give? Like, you want to keep some for yourself and give some back?" And this is when I knew I was all in. You know what they said? Can we give it all away? Oh, that's beautiful. To add some hosts. And they were Which is a shelter for homeless women and children. Yes. And so I thought here are children who have no money themselves. Um, and they want to do good. And so I thought that's such empowerment. And we raised, we sold all of ourselves in a few mm-hmm. days, and like the health center was so wonderful you know, with us, there was tomatoes in every corner of the <laughs> kitchen and jars of salsa everywhere. And, oh, it was, yeah. it was a hot mess. <laughs> oh, but it and sounds like a joyful We had so mess. much fun. Yeah, fun though. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we raised almost $500 and gave the whole thing to Azimhouse and the children were jumping up and down. We were so excited. And then I knew uh, that this is, this is, Life changing, yeah. and and so, but we thought we can never ever make salsa again. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I oh, I yeah. can't even eat salsa to this day. It was Next. so much work. <laughs> Next, <laughs> that's so interesting that even in those very early days of the program, already entrepreneurship, philanthropy, mentorship, leadership were all being woven into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right from day one. Okay, so so many people know Hope Blooms because of your Dragon's Den performance, appearance, uh, success. Uh, I want to talk about how that came about. And I'm probably fast forwarding a little bit, but that's, you know, that's something that's on the radar for a lot of people. And it was such a spectacular moment. Uh, also a spectacular show. I'm I'm guessing it's one of the most popular shows ever. Mm. How did it come about? And tell me about the experience. <laughs> me? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wow. Um, so kind of like, like rewind a little bit. So after the Salsa Mania, Jesse and Jesse's daughter, Tash, is actually the, um, I call her a genius because she actually designed all the recipes for their dressing oh. and like was very, very, um, I guess, intentional when it came around what was the best product we could do at that time. And of course, dressing was what we came up with. So from there, we were selling out the dressing at the, at the seaport market in Halifax. Um, so we were there like every Saturday and we would like bring like 10, 12 cases and like sell out. And then just doing this over like years on years, like a few years, like you build a lot of traction and build, you build, you build a lot of business skills, build a lot of, you build a good business at this point. Mm-hmm. So then a lot of people like, hey, like, 
you guys should submit to Dragon's Den. And at the time, we didn't, none of us, Jesse didn't even own a TV. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, like me, I didn't know what Dragon's Den was. Like, I'm like, what, what is this? So Jesse, of course, was like, I think you should take it on from here. Like, Oh, no, I, I, so many people kept saying it uh, because, like, we had just so many wild stories from the market. Like, when we first start going, I still remember one of um, the customers coming up and, and saying, you know, to colliding them, well, this is a nice little fundraiser. They were, like, eight years old, and they were like, oh, excuse me, we're entrepreneurs, yeah. you know? Oh. And so they, <laughs> they were in it. Like, we're... I, and so... I thought, well, you know, they're everybody's saying Dragon's Den. I looked at what it was and I wrote a pitch and the name of the pitch was when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And the story, you know, of Hope Blooms and I just didn't pay any attention until we received a call that they wanted us to audition at the Halifax Shopping Center. Yeah. So we kind of put a pitch together and um it was very rough, yeah. but it was sort of like telling who, you know, we were. And then I said, now, you're going to be doing it. I'm not going to be on it. Each of you are going to tell your story because this is, it's about the message. It had never, ever had anything to do with asking for a specific amount of money for something. It was about telling their story. That's mm -hmm. why we went. That's yeah. why I wrote the pitch. Yeah. It was all about that. Yeah. But it was also brilliant to have the kids do the pitch because it embodied what the program is about. It's so yeah. youth driven. Kalade, how old were you when I was you were on the show? Twelve years old on the show. I was twelve years old. And we were all like between fourteen and like eleven, I think, at the time. So like was <laughs> we're all like just junior high teenagers and like yeah, I remember like when Jesse wrote the pitch and we found out we you had to audition in Halifax, we were like, Okay, like we took it super serious. Like we like this is our time to shine, and this is our time to like once again like, send this message to the world that like beauty and brilliance doesn't have a postal code. And we were did we did rehearsals and rehearsals and rehearsals, and we didn't have like a long we didn't have like a, like months. We had like I think roughly like a like a few it was like a month and a half maybe mm -hmm. before we were to do the first audition. So we we were like we were like okay we're gonna kill this, and we all went in there. I remember like waking up and going to the hotel shops and like it's like six o'clock in the morning. There's a photo actually. We're all on the couch like we all look like tired. <laughs> Like sleepy, like has all down, like but we're all just like locked in, we're waiting for like okay, we're gonna go in this presentation. We had a little huddle, do a little prayer, and like it was kind of like meant to be. Yeah. And did you watch the show a bit before? You oh went yeah, of up course. So that yeah. you got a sense of what the personalities 100%. were like. Of course, you have, you have to do your research before you go into any scenario. So we definitely did that. We like that's when before we started like rehearsing, we did some like okay, what have people done? What are like any other youth have been on there? What have they done? And then like how can we kind of like. Frankenstein, like you said, the performance or uh, a performance that can tell the story clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you remember from the trip? Oh my God, what don't I not remember? Um, <laughs> I remember even like like the the most of the fun part was the hotel. I don't know why. I think because like you know when you ever go on a trip with like a bunch of your friends. Oh yeah. It was like that, and like but we're, we're all going for like it's like almost like one of like the sporting trips where like you all go on a trip to like go play like a game, but it's like. You have like a few extra days. I remember like the hotels being the most fun. Just like after like doing the show, doing the shoot, like it was super. We were all like super excited. We, I think I, I can speak for everybody. I feel like we were all very like empowered and accomplished within ourselves. Because once again, we just went up to go present in front of like a bunch of multimillionaires, and like at the, at the time, we definitely weren't. We didn't like understand like the, the how big that was. Even to the day, I'm still like, whoa, like we actually did that at like 
12 years old. That's kind of crazy. Like, if I actually understood it more, I feel like I would have panicked. Hundred <laughs> percent. But I think I'm happy. Like, it was grandma. Like, ah, oh, la di da di da. But I also, but also very like, like very serious about okay, like we're youth, but we know what we're doing as youth. So like, it was like, it was a blur, but like one of those blurs that will stick with you forever. It makes yeah. sense to me now to know that you did a lot of prep ahead of time because oh, yeah. to watch the clip now, it's amazing the wherewithal you guys had standing there and you know you were just so as you said you seem so empowered yeah um what was it like when you started to get such a positive reaction what was it like when arlene dickinson cried it was surreal it, that's i think that's the right word surreal like kind of like because once again like, like you said like the prep was very intentional like doing the farmer's market we seen i seen that as prep for Dragon's Den, because mm-hmm. we are literally like pitching ourselves, and that allowed us to really fine tweak our story, fine tweak how we want to like get our message through. So, kind of going on there with Arlene Dickinson and kind of with the Dragon's Den like team and kind of like pitching to them, that was kind of like oh, like just like the final boss. So we really have to really like we yeah once again like we were super intentional and like it was like surreal just seeing how someone we didn't know prior to this connect and get the message, but also very reassuring at the same time. Cause like, wow, like we really do have something amazing here. Like we're just like six, seven youth from Halifax, Nova Scotia in Toronto right now, pitching to a bunch of them. So like, I feel like that was definitely once again, surreal in the sense that we're like, whoa, we can do this. We did, we did this. Yeah. You give me chills just talking about it. <laughs> Jesse, you were backstage. What was that experience like? Well, I was crying from the time we they went into the studio, and I just felt like we were on this mission together. And, you know, the mission was this message, you know, across Canada, no matter your age, you know, you look at so much stigmas there and racism and everything that was out there. But if people, you know, just could see, you know, these children, like, that you know, no matter how young you are, no matter the color of your skin, no matter the environment you're living in, that you can change the world, you know, and your world starts within yourself. And so we had practiced like every single day and everybody had a specialty part. Uh, so that's why you would never see anybody speaking over anybody else. So we had an accountant, we had a historian, we had the uh, visionary, everybody had a part. Wow. We had the dis- social determinants of health person, you know, Bokar, and everybody had a part. And and so that's why when you you see them, you know, saying their name at first, that was you know, deliberate. So you, we'd be grant. They'd be grounded in themselves. And so as soon as we got into the studio, uh, they said, "Well, see you, Jesse. You have to go in the back room." And I felt like I was leaving my babies. You know, but I knew as soon as I saw the monitor when they said each said their names, and we are Hope Blooms. I knew they had it. I knew how they just in the power in which they were saying their names that they got this and. Just a final point that we're talking about this, that it's actually 10 years in two weeks that they it aired. November 13th, 2013. Yeah. 10 oh years. My gosh, yeah, it's 10 wild. year, 10 year anniversary. Well, like, that's probably the week we're going to be posting. <gasps> oh, wow. So Perfect timing. I got chills again. Wow. It's oh crazy. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. That's crazy. <gasps> what? <laughs> I told you this is. Meant to be. Yeah. Meant yeah. to be. He is right. That's beautiful. It occurs to me that the choice of the the name Hope Blooms, Hope is the word that Barack Obama 
ran with when he was running politically. Was there a tie in there or was that a coincidence? Oh, no, that the uh, word actually came about in a very like unusual way. I was a dietitian at the health center, and we were all invited to be part of this talk. Uh, Gabriel Mate was in Halifax, and so I went to listen to him, and there was um, a little bit of question and answer at the end, and somebody said, well, like, what do you think about what's hopeful for you? And he had said at the time, I don't really believe in hope. I you know, I've seen so much and, you know, it gives people, you know, a false sense that, you know, things get better. But I realize that's in that point in time where he was at. He's a, an expert in trauma and addictions. I yes. Say. And it just stuck with me that I understand where he's coming from. But when to say that in, in front of so many people that sometimes that's all they have to hold on to. And, uh, you know, it was a talk around mental health and addiction. So I, it just really stuck with me. And I thought, well, what if there was something tangible that you can feel hopeful in? Like, what if, and then I, you know, we were in the garden growing and I just thought, well, what if something can actually kind of bloom in front of you? What if there's something you can do with your own mind and hands and, you know, that you can create with that, that hope is coming alive? And that's where the name just came from. Then I just thought, oh, hope blooms. And I called my brother in the morning. (laughs) He's, you know, a a big businessman in Toronto. And I I remember phoning him. It was like eight in the morning. I was like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe this. I know what the name has to be. He said, what now? Because I was always that, uh, always that person with these wild ideas. And I said, it's Hope Blooms. He said, that's a terrible name. <laughs> I said, why? He said, okay, just listen to this. What do Nike, Heinz, Kraft, what do they all have in common? I said, I don't know. He said, it's a one name. He said, that Hope Blooms, people are not going to remember that. It's not catchy. And I said... Well, I don't care if it's catchy or anything. I just feel that that's how it has to be. People have to see that that they can create hope, that hope can bloom in front of them. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, you're, you're setting yourself up. He said to fall. So I just, just. This is felt. your podcast. I told you so, brother. <laughs> We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCentres.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Back to Dragon's Den for a moment. Tell us, for those who don't know, what the result of that experience was. So the result was that um, we got four out of five dragons to um, give us $10,000. And our our original ask was $10,000 for 5% royalties. And they felt it was, they felt really, really comfortable to like also be like, no, actually, we don't want to take the 5% royalties. We just want to give the 10000 just like that. So we did not expect this did not at all. And once this happened, of course... We were in Toronto, and this was shot and like all done like months before it aired. 
I'll say at least like five to six months before it aired. Oh, you had to keep it secret. Exactly. Till April wow. 26th. Yeah. Uh, no, November. we shot on April 26th yeah. uh, and then had to keep it quiet until November, November 13th. Yeah. Okay, that's one thing for you, Jesse, but for the kids I yeah. know. at that age yeah. and to have that kind of amazing positive experience and then have to put a lid on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember like, I mean, we had to sign like NDAs and stuff, of course, because yeah. you know how it is. And it's funny because everyone knew we were going to shoot this show before we went. So like everyone, so everyone's like, "Oh, like I remember, like my school was like, oh, like we have some students in the school who are gonna be on CBC Dragons. Then let's give them a round of applause and saying names." So I was like, "Oh wow, good job, good job!" And then we go on and come back. Everyone's like, "Oh, like what happened? Like what's the like what happened?" So we're sitting there like, "Oh, oh, like we didn't get it." Oh and then the people was like, "What? What do you mean you didn't get it? You did all that for that? I didn't get it? Like wow, that's such a bummer." And meanwhile, we're like, oh, we know we got it times four. <laughs> and we can't say nothing to nobody until this airs. Wow. And like, it's like, we would um, we would meet once a week and kind of just like let it all out as a group. Yeah, as a group. Because we like, because I mean, like, our parents, we couldn't tell our parents, oh. school teachers. Like, I, I did fizzle away pretty quickly, like a month after everyone's like, okay, everyone stopped asking. Because everyone's like, oh, like, okay, like, it was a bummer, like they didn't get it, and then so November. What was <laughs> the watch party like? Were you were you all together with parents? Yeah, so like Claudia said, every week we would meet and we'd literally scream and jump up and down for a half an hour and then go back. Okay. <laughs> Top, it was so secret. funny. I yeah. wish I had footage. Uh, right. <laughs> and and then when it came around uh, that it was getting closer to November and uh, the CB, CBC National wanted to cover it and uh, it started, you know, this buzz and we thought, okay, we need to have a huge party. And we uh, started inviting everybody, and then all of a sudden, there are hundreds of people wanted <laughs> yeah. to come. And the day of, the big truck came from CBC with the satellite dishes, and then you know a lot of media started coming, and because nobody knew, we didn't say a word. Yeah. And I think it just created this like, what really happened? happened yeah. <laughs> and so when it aired, the place exploded yeah, in crazy. like tears and laughter we and, and jumping. <laughs> we were all crying yeah, and we, we crying. knew what yeah, was happening. Everything. But people, we were all crying, you know, yeah. bawling and crying and people were hugging us and, you know, family members like just, you know, crying so hard, you know, with joy and and pride and pride yeah, it yeah. was just that one of those life moments you'll never forget to 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 me witness with them that seeing so many people so happy yeah. for for them and so proud of them and you know, everywhere we would go, they were like, "Yeah, Kaladi's my cousin," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, I knew him when yeah. since he was seven years old when he first came here," yeah. and you know, doing that with all of yeah. the youth, like everybody in the community, just like wrapped their hearts around, you know, all of the children. Everybody did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one thing for you to be in that situation when you know there's lots of adrenaline, as you yeah. say, the cameras are swirling around, whatever. But to then be able to sit and watch yeah. yourself and also to watch other people's reactions. And things like we'd never seen the episode until like it aired. Mm -hmm. So we didn't yeah. like we didn't know how it looked. Oh my 
Oh, how everything kind of like played. I mean, we know how it played out, but we didn't know how they would lay it out, like for them, like their production, right? So, like, with so much drama, exactly, too, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Can you look back at that Kalade and feel how that moment, when you were watching the show and you talk about the reaction, is sort of ingrained in your sense of confidence as uh, an adult now? Oh my, yeah, hundred percent. I I definitely look back. That's one like a staking point definitely for me and like what I wanted to do and what I'm doing right now it was definitely like like I think like I said earlier it was that, that entry like that door opening that kind of like oh wow like I can actually do this I can almost I can do anything I put my mind to so I always look back I revert to that moment a lot from moments where I'm like I'm unsure about, about, about things yeah. yeah so how transformative was that win and in how many different ways can you even <laughs> say yeah. Well, we I think we got our message across. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> that was a big one. Yeah. And then that uh, was in November. And then the summer, Jim Treliving took his wife, uh, Sandy, and they both came to the garden and visited us. And um, Arlene has stayed in contact with us. Uh, she's been a great support. She's been yeah. a really great support. We came out with a book. I, I just really wanted to have the youth stories uh, compiled uh, before they all, you know, went off on their own. And and uh, so Mama Do, one of our alumni who was in Dragon's Den, uh, compiled, you know, spent a summer and and uh, compiled stories and poetry and photographs and and uh, reached out to Arlene and asked if she'd write the foreword. And she said, you know, yes, of, of course. I'm gonna. She's she's been a big supporter this whole time. She's she came and and. Uh, uh, did a fundraiser for us and cried on stage uh, <laughs> again <laughs> with them. Stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's amazing because what they're looking for on that show is, you know, an opportunity where they see a business or an organization in this case that really has the possibility of growing and and uh, amplifying. And boy, you have done that just in such an amazing way. So I I need you, I don't really know, as I said at the beginning, where to start, but give us an idea of how it has bloomed and how many different facets now exist. Yeah, so the day after it aired, the building trades, uh, mainland building trades in Buildwright, Nova Scotia, Brad Smith, Trent Soho called and said, "We, we want to build that greenhouse you asked for in Dragon's Den. And I have to start there because I, I'm sure I've said to Brad so many times, I bet you you wish that I would have lost <laughs> your number by now. So we thought, okay, well, you know, we have all these dreams. Um, you know, we we want to be like a an experiential campus for all across the country and the world of, you know, innovation in the inner city and, you know, led by youth and um so i said with the greenhouse will you take some of the youth on to be uh mentored and designing it and he will say to this day he had no idea what he was getting into (laughs) because we are environmental stewards also so we wanted to be solar powered and kaladi's design won and they got Fowler, Balder, Mitchell involved, and it ended up winning the Lieutenant Governor's uh, Award for Excellence in Architecture that year. It's the whole greenhouse is made with sawdust and mixed in with concrete, and 
you know, all this stuff. So yeah. it started with that. And then we started, you know, expanding with the business. And then, you know, we all of a sudden quadrupled with the number of youth and we expanded the gardens. And then uh, we said, well, we, we want uh, to have our own space, like a kitchen for community and other youth and community members to start their own social enterprises. And collectively, like we can really contribute to community development and education and, you know, disrupt the cycle of poverty in our 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 own you know small way but mm -hmm. contribute to that but and you needed a hub at this we point. needed a hub yeah. and that's when you know i reached out to brad smith and trent again and said well we want to have we, our dream is to be next to our gardens and they're like well they're not building new buildings anymore the city are building you know they're not interested you can't have a community center or whatever and i said well what if we don't call it any of that? Because really what we're doing is all around food. And so it became the Global Kitchen for Social Change. It's really significant to me that it's so youth-driven. Kalata, you're an amazing example. Now you are in a, a serious position of leadership. Yeah. You've been to university. Yeah. And you're back in the program full on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Tell us about that. Oh, oh it was a no brainer. Like me and Jesse, like once again, like I purposely interned at Hope Blooms every single year I was in university. And that was just because of my curiosity. I looked at Hope Blooms as like my playground. I feel like in real time I was there to do a lot of change in real time. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a year away, it wasn't like a three month a three year away. It was more like, Okay, we wanna do something, how do we make it happen? And I liked that environment. I liked being in those spaces. So I was like, Okay, I wanna work here. So I did that every single year and then when I was graduating, I was going to school for business and marketing. Jesse's like, do you want to work here? I was like, of course. Like, I was hoping you were going to ask me to want to work here. Like, I was interested here, right? So, like, it was, uh, for me, it felt like an opportunity. I'm going to be in a position where I can help other kids like me, help other people who don't look like me, or even just be an example of something that can be bigger than me. And I think that alone was something that wasn't, it was uh, it was a bigger picture, and I, I put it off to God. Like it's something that was divine, kind of put into me, and that I was presented this opportunity, and it kind of felt ignorant to turn it away, right? Because I'm a big person, like no, like I'm a big risk risk taker, and kind of see where things go. I feel like risk taking is great. That's where innovation comes from. So I was like, well, if I have this opportunity to kind of grow, build, and build, and just my, not myself, a wonderful organization. Make a even make contribute to a bigger impact. If we can get like thirty more kids to university, that's huge. Like, and be able to say that, I can literally die tomorrow and be like, I, I feel like a good person because I literally contribute in that sense. So, like, that was very much one of my that helped me make a decision, and that's something I wanted to kind of keep with working at Hope Blooms and pass it on to the next youth. Because if I can think like this, I can pass it to five more people, and they can pass it to five more people in three more folds. That's like that's a lot of people think like that right there's a lot of youth making impact so like i that's kind of like the goal and i would love to see that and then i feel like i'll be very very satisfied yeah and you are literally the future of this program <laughs> right mm -hmm. yeah so is is it uh, known that there's a succession plan in process yeah so uh, i kind of never told people from the beginning but it was always my intention our dream that one of those youth would be the executive director of Hope Blooms. So I always felt that I was like, I I am not Hope Blooms. I, you know, am like a steward. And But the dream was 
one of these youth, you know, if if that could happen, then I just know this, it's all like, you know, it's meant to be and that, you know, um, are, you know, I've been in service, you know, for this to happen. And one day before Kaladi graduated and like I had been thinking about this for years, you know, but none of the youth ever mentioned anything to me. I didn't want to put any pressure on them. And when Kaladi, before he was graduating, said, you know, I can kind of see myself here. And I still remember being in the office and I turned around in my chair and said, well, how much do you, can you see yourself here? <laughs> can you yeah. remember? Know, how yeah. much can you see yourself here? Like, can you see yourself, yeah. you know, leading Hope Bloom someday? And he said, yes. And it's like, there was a moment in my life before that conversation and my, a moment, like my life changed from then on. Oh. Like, it, no, it's so true. I just like, I remember that conversation and it was just like when you said yes and I said, can you see yourself being the executive director? Yeah. Uh, and he said yes. And I was like, oh my God, this has all been worth it. Oh. But, you know, I, I can say, Claudia, that like, I feel like for the rest of my life that everything, everything has been worth it because of, of you. I mean, we yeah, have yeah, a great, yeah. amazing team. Yeah. And the fact that I get, you know, to work with my daughter, yeah. like who, like I absolutely love Shout and adore uh, to infinity and beyond. Uh, but Claudia, you, you know, being the leader at Hope Blooms, it just is. It's everything. an honor. When you asked me, I, I remember like, so originally Jesse asked me when I was 18. <laughs> she brought it up. She's like, "So, what do you think about?" The-? And I was like, mm. "I'm like, I don't. I'm like, yeah, I have to. You have to come back to Slow me on this one. Yeah, come back to me on this one. No, literally, I was like, yeah, I'm like, come back to me on this one. I was like, How old are you now? I'm 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then over the years, I've really understood understand the mission very, very well for myself and for the role I have to play. And I, once I understood that, it it makes it so much easier because it's like, you, I just know how to show up and I know how to. I'm knowing, I'm learning, I don't want to say I know, I'm learning how to kind of really just like, really, how do we be a leader in a sense where like you can lead, help other people become leaders themselves? Cause I think that's really the magic, right? Is with Hope Bloom specifically, right? It's like, it's like a machine that makes leaders, <laughs> literally. Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you, right? So like, and like, I've been able to understand that and like being in it helps so much. So like, I was like, I really want to be a part of this journey. I really, it's a journey. And like I wanted to be a part of this journey with Jess and like what she's built and like what the team is doing. Like I was a no brainer. Like I, I find it hard to work somewhere else because I'm like, damn, like Yeah, exactly. Kids come in every day, like where, where can you where else can you do that? Like <laughs> where can kids just come in and chill with you and while you work, right? So like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you feel there's a real um I don't know, I don't want to say safety net, but there's there's such a lot of uh beautiful support and love behind you. I know you yeah. have a board. Uh, who are really supportive and and also I'm sure the broader community. Do you feel that all the time supported oh my as you God. move into this executive director? All the time. Oh, yeah. Especially from the seniors, which is the best practice because they have so much wisdom and like they really support me the most, I would say. Like they're really, really like they make me feel like, wait, damn I, I can I can do this. Like I don't know. Like seriously like when they <laughs> the support is great and they always like make sure like even like I don't ask, but they always like reassure me, like, no, you got this, like you did great. And like sometimes, you know, you can get in your head, like, oh, did I do good enough? Like, don't you know, like you did great. Like, so I'm like, okay, like, and like that's rare. I feel like, like, 
very, very, very to have. And like, I really want to cherish that. Okay. Speaking of cherishing, mm-hmm. I want to uh, wrap up by talking about feelings, basically. I would love you, Kalade, to tell me what it is about Jess yeah. that, you know, you just love and that and speak from speak from your heart but also speak on behalf of all of the other kids you know what is it about jesse that has has made such a difference in your lives oh i know the answer to this um the first of all she's a fantastic leader i think one of the best leaders i've ever come in contact i look as a mentor i don't think she she, i tell her this she doesn't believe that i like for her that's the reason why i come (laughs) back to like you're like my mentor and like fantastic leader so compassionate and honestly, a genius. Like, to, once again, <laughs> this wouldn't happen without Jess. I feel like a lot of people are like, don't realize that. And, like, just the commitment, the work, and, like, the sacrifices make is very honorable. And, like, you're, like, a, like you, like, you're actually kind of, like, a perfect human being. Like, <laughs> well, gee, like, like someone's going to be like, yeah, like, if you were to, like, someone was good, like, actually gave back and, like, still, like, finds time for themselves and finds time to spend time with your family. And, like, I think it really takes someone who is really, like, aware of themselves and someone who really is, like, fully like understanding them themselves to do this job and jesse is someone who does that and like a role model for me and i want to be a person like that so like that's 100 how i i told you this but i'll tell you this again yeah <laughs> i feel about you yeah <laughs> wow okay i love that answer and so i've known jesse like over a decade like 15 years so like yeah yeah i i always say that she's one of the most loved people uh, in the province yeah. for sure probably the country yeah probably north america and I, well <laughs> i think that's like a little too much okay jesse let's, let's uh, turn the tables and you can tell me what you love and respect about Kalade, but I'd also like you to broaden it to all the kids who are in the program. Mm. Wow. You know, Kalade, you know, from the moment, you know, you were so, so little. I love that you have such compassion, uh, that you have your heart and your mind open in the midst of so much in front of you that you could easily, and history would show you that it should be closed. Your mind should be closed, your heart should be closed, you should armor up, and you've done just the opposite. And to me, that takes such courage, and it takes such vision in yourself, and and a leap of faith, uh, and and a trust. It's so big. And so it's one of the things that I just have such reverence for you is your heart and your mind is open. Um, You're not afraid to fall. Uh, We've fell together many times, (laughs) literally and and physically. Um, And you uh, absolutely love the youth and you are um, a dreamer and a doer. Yeah, you're a dreamer and a doer. Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot. I absolutely like my heart is with you 100%. And everything you say to me, I feel is a mirror back to you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love you so much. I always say my son, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shout out to his mom. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much love in this little room. (laughs) I feel like I'm swimming in it. It's tangible. Okay, what about the youth in general? Let me ask you that because I'm sure some of them will listen. And I'd (laughs) love for you to 
talk about what they mean to you as a community, mm-hmm. as a group? Well, just one thing, I like, like, but the the one thing that sometimes like, you know, it's so important for us is that we're in it for the long haul. We're not in it for eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 mm-hmm. weeks. We're in it through the ups and downs, ins and outs, messy, good, bad, everything. We're invested long term. We never look the other way or like, oh, you're 18 now. Mm-hmm. We'll have a nice life. We're you you have to discontinue the relationship much, yeah. if you want this. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're we're in it. And so when you're in that long term, you don't look for short term, you know, like, oh, this is a success. No, it's not. You appreciate the journey. You appreciate the process. And they it keeps me uh my heart like totally open with them all the time. Like, I mean, we know we have lots of bumps in the road. There's lots of struggles, but, you know, we're like always with them, like you're phenomenal. Like we see you and you deserve to show up for yourself, like in a very loving way, like in an empowered way. And we see you, like we, we see you. Well, what you're doing right now, this yeah. kind of behavior, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we're with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you. We're not going anywhere. Well, I just want to say thank you to both of you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. This but also great. for the amazing work you're doing in the world and how you're showing up. Well, we, we say the same to you, Nancy. We thank you for all the work you're doing Thanks. in the world. I'm just a student of yours. <laughs> no, it's always reciprocal. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. Thank you so much. Hope is blooming. <laughs> thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.